Welcome to the 2S Podcast with Gage and Mike. This is Gage, the philosopher. And this is Mike, the farmer. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the 2S Podcast. Uh, Let's just kick right into it, to our quotes of the week. All right. So, my quote this week is by Ben Franklin. I know, shocker there. Surprise. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) But uh, my quote by him is, They who can give up essential liberty to obtain temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. I agree. Yeah, it's pretty uh, straightforward. We definitely saw after 01. Oh, oh, one, the most deadly virus known to man, coronavirus. You oh, know, now this is going to get taken down. Nah. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. but it's true. If, if fear is, um, that, that's the major factor. If you're afraid hmm. and they give you something to be afraid of, then they offer a solution. And that usually entails taking away freedoms. Oh, and they, they've done that for a long time. I mean, <clears throat> you look at uh, the Cold War, the Russians, you know, don't be a communist. You know, don't be, you know, be scared of the Russians. Well, we need you to do this. Climate change. Oh, the Earth's fucking eating up. Yeah, global warming, but we can, 20 years ago, it was an ice age. Yeah, 20 years ago, it was an ice age, yeah. And the best part is, we can solve global warming. We just need more taxes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's always some sort of fear-mongering. And what the way this this quote is what it's supposed to, in my opinion, is supposed to interpret is the fact that no matter what they try and push through to get you to be afraid, there's always a hidden message to it. It's never just, oh, the government, oh, we want you to take this vaccine because we care about you. No government in the history of mankind has ever gave a fuck about their people. Was it was it JFK who said the most terrifying words to hear is, we're the government and we're here to help? Yeah, Ronald Reagan. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The, it was like the, whatever, the, he said the number, like most terrifying words you hear from somebody is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah. Which is funny, considering he wasn't all that. But anyway, that's that's a totally different, uh, totally different subject. So uh, before my, this gets too political, let's go on to your quote. Uh, my quote comes from Jed McKenna, and that's a pseudo name. Uh, yeah, you talked about you talked about him before. Yeah, he's an interesting fella. Uh, there's theories about who he was. One, I was pretty pretty certain on. And then I started digging in more and finding out, okay, maybe that actually ain't. So I just kind of stopped caring. Um, I'll say the quote, but I'm not going to explain it. I'm going to explain it in the latter half of this episode because it goes with it. But here it is. The price of truth 
is everything, but no one knows what everything means until they are paying it. Makes sense. Kind of goes along with the first first quote, my Ben Franklin quote in a way. Yeah. In a lot of aspects. Well, and, you know, in one sense, you could look at it as if you want the truth, mm-hmm. it's most likely not going to be, or at least go along with these perceptions and ideas you already have. So it's going to contradict. So no, you're going to have to completely change your way of viewing and understanding things. Like, hypothetical example say you're some particular religion but let's say it's this new religion that just came oh like like the ones where they fucking think rocks have superpowers (laughs) 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 um but some some there's some founders some guys started a new religion and you had all these beliefs about and this great worldview and you lived your life for 20 years following it hardcore and then all of a sudden this evidence comes around that, hey, this guy was a fraud. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's hard because you have to completely dismantle everything you thought. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I mean, and if you want to tie to the founding fathers, okay, so like, for instance, there really was no, you know, you have truth, freedom, you know, however you want to look at it, you can swap truth for freedom in that quote, and it still makes good sense. So like, you know, then that's where I see a correlation to because the same you have to give the same for truth as you do for freedom. You got to give everything. A lot of the founding fathers weren't even 30 years old. Yeah. Some some weren't even 25. I remember us talking about that in an earlier episode. Yeah. So for me, you know, that's where I draw the correlation. And if that helps people draw the correlation, you know, that's just something you got, you know. <laughs> you can look for a uh, a common ground there. A way, way to wrap your head around it, I guess. I think you even think of it, something you could relate to. Um, say you're dating somebody new, and it's two or three weeks in, and everything's great. You're like, wow, this is amazing. And there's a part of you that's skeptical. Like, there's something weird going on, mm-hmm. but you're refusing to believe it, refusing yeah. to see it. Because it's going to cost you, quote unquote, everything in mm-hmm. that relationship. So, like, uh, I don't want to know the truth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But what he meant by it, we'll get into later on. Later on. So, but I guess we'll go ahead and tell you this. Uh, this episode is going to be on victim mentality. Mm-hmm. So, it seems like that's something that's kind of running rampant in today's world. <laughs> where it's uh it's always somebody else's fault you know no matter what happens to you it's like oh my car broke down all oh, that mechanic must not you know check through it very good or all oh, this and that and what you know whatever well and if you're religious oh god just hates me you know it's right. it's always always something yeah. well, well it's just the whole Woe is me. Yeah, woe is me. Exactly. And in my personal opinion, I think a lot of that comes to do from the uh, the whole uh, participation trophy side of things, if that makes sense. So, for like younger kids. Yeah, for kids. So you think, you know, as you're growing up, and I mean, it was already starting when me and you was growing up, you know, is, you know, you play soccer or whatever for your little town league or your 
school or whatever and you're younger you know there's you first tray first place gets a trophy and then everybody else still gets a little trophy so way nobody feels left out and and it's like and that's not how the real world world works so i think part of that aspect comes from the idea of you get out there you get you a job and you're expecting you know that no matter what you do you're going to be praised for it or yeah some sort of reward when you don't i mean it's just that's how it fucking goes plants a seed for them at least and on on kind of a a tangent to it but in the same aspect i mean that's why i think communism is kind of people are thinking it's such a good idea because why shouldn't i be making the same amount of money as the ceo of my company right you know or so which it's a tangent but it's 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 related in the same aspect because you feel like you're the victim because the guy that went to school to get a business degree and has a lot more at stake really he's gonna lose a lot more if the company goes down yes and i'm not here to back ceos or nothing you know i'm not a big but at the same token you know if everybody gets paid the same everybody's getting paid shit it's not like everybody's making good money everybody's making shit well, money and then they're just and then we won't go too far into this yeah it's gonna get way off topic yeah. but um yeah you want you want reward for competence oh like, if, like why would you put any more effort and drive into whatever job or skill you're doing if it's not going to make a difference mm. like i could give 30% of my effort or give 90% of my effort and I'm going to get the same result, the same reward. So why try? But that's a different, that's more politic conversation. Yeah. It's a politics <laughs> conversation, but I, I just, you know, I want people to see, yeah, you know, yeah, it. see the correlation between the aspect of it, but even though it was a little tangent, but I mean, it, it does stem back to like a victim mentality because you're sitting there thinking like, well, what is me? Because I'm not getting paid the same amount they are. And, and with all with all extreme sides, there's truth in them. Yeah. But the fuller truth is somewhere in the middle, and I think that's the same with the victim mentality. Is you could look at it um, like it's a spectrum, like there's a scale. If you really are a victim, so yeah. I think when we were discussing it earlier. Uh, like you brought up PTSD. Hmm. Um, yeah, because PTSD is a big uh, is a big thing for me. Uh, not that I have it, but I just don't. I guess my lack of understanding. So for me, it's more along the lines like I understand if somebody comes back from war or has a traumatic event or something like that, where they seen some fucked up shit or had some fucked up shit happen to them. You know, I can see being traumatized and having post-traumatic stress disorder. But if you get like, say you go to Walmart and you get fucking screamed at because you're being a dumbass or whatever. I mean, right. Well, that, that, that shouldn't be, there should be no PTSD call cause from that. And in in an aspect, in in my opinion, and I, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not well versed on it. But to me, it's like, okay, just because you got yelled at Walmart doesn't mean you should 
like completely shut down and, you know, not be able to like, oh, I can't do that. I got yelled at at Walmart today. Right. When, when, as an excuse. Yeah. You know, or I got, oh, I got PTSD from getting yelled at at Walmart today. And now this is where I try and come in the middle of the road. So like, if you take the example of for years, you watched your buddies get blown to pieces and now you have PTSD and then take your Walmart example, getting yelled at and embarrassed at Walmart and that, and somebody saying, I have PTSD from that. I think you either need a different name for it or you need to see it on a spectrum because those are not the same thing, right? Seeing somebody get blown to pieces over and over and getting yelled at and humiliated at Walmart. They're not the same thing. Oh, no. But I think it is understandable for somebody to come out of getting yelled at and humiliated in Walmart and have side effects from that. Maybe you're a little uh, weary of going out in public. You're embarrassed and you're now a little hard to talk to strangers because you don't know what's going to happen. It's like, that's understandable, but you can't use like say trauma or PTSD from that as an excuse to not get better. Yeah. I think that's the problem with the victim mentality is Mm. it doesn't matter if you are a victim or not. What Mm. happened, happened. What are you going to do about it? Well, and and that kind of, to me, it's the aspect of, are you dealing with the side effects of it or are you still staying in the moment? Right. Are you really, and I guess that's part of what, you know, extreme PT, PTSD is. Yeah. You, well, and talking to some older guys that I've known that were like in Vietnam and stuff and they, they have PTSD and they, they believe they're there. Like there's certain like dreams they have or certain things happen and they, they, they're back there. They're back in Vietnam. They're back in Afghanistan. They're back in Iraq, you know? So that's like an extreme example of living in the past to where like you really don't have control over. It's like a trigger, bam. You're. It'd be kind of like a, be kind of like almost like a, uh, in a way like a bipolarism or something. Yeah. It's just, we're just all of a sudden it's just right there. Right. You don't have control. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you can look at it as a lower spectrum of it. Like, okay, I'm about to go back into Walmart and you're replaying it all in your head. And that's okay. You know, like to an extent you can't help replaying it in your head, but you can become aware of it. Take a deep breath. and like, okay, I'm going to get through this round two. Right. You're not just saying, no, I can't go in there. Nope. Nope. PTSD. (laughs) Yeah. And, and we're not, and we're not trying to, you know, blast PTSD here. We're just trying to show you how people use the term PTSD to like kind of almost justify their victim mentality. Right. Yeah. So, and to me, that's, I don't know. There are absolute aspects, you know, like absolute times when you are the victim that it cannot be disputed a hundred percent you know so like something along the lines of like a uh, a child molestation case or something like that you know where it's a young kid or a woman gets you know sexually assaulted out on the street you know against her will right you i think most people would genuinely say yes you were a victim mm. And 
you're going to have what we talked about earlier side effects from that, that you are now going to have to contend with. Yeah. A hundred percent. But you still contend with it. Hmm. And I think part of this victim mentality thing is there's a, the majority of these situations, it's a perception thing. Like, like take, for example, the Walmart getting yelled at. That could completely ruin somebody for a while. And they could play victim and use that as an excuse and all this, or have these side effects, but they're working on it. Or you could take the exact same situation and somebody could look at the cashier that's yelling at them and like, man, they must be in a, you know, they must have a bad life. Like what, what, what are they so angry for? Yeah. You know, I feel sorry for them. And the only difference is a perception. You're not taking it personally. You're not taking everything personally. And as a personal attack, you're like, oh, well, every, all you're yelling is a reflection of you. No, all that think. says everything about you and nothing about me. And then bam, all of a sudden you're not a victim of it. Yeah. So some, I think there's a lot of things where it is perception. Oh, hundred percent. Cause I mean, you, you think, you know, say me and you at work, for example. Okay. Working on, on different things. You're going to get pissed off. You're going to have the aspect of <laughs> shit's not going your way. And the, you know, or the way you want it to be going and you're going to be mad. You're going to start cussing, you know, tools might start flying or whatever. Hmm. You might knock the hat off your buddy's head. Might throw a pipe. Might throw a pipe. But at the end of the day, you know, it's like, it's a frustrating job or at times, especially. So, and that, that's what I'm getting at from like a perspective, you know, or perception, however you want to word it. Right. And, but, you know, getting upset in that, do you continue? Do you just like, yeah, I just get pissed off real easily. And then that's just what it is. Hmm. Or do you say, yeah, I got really pissed off pretty easily there. You know, I'm working on it. You know, hmm. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm like, it's just a job. It's yeah. all right. Yeah. And I mean, that, that needs to be the same thing. Kind of if you feel like you're the victim of something, you know, you need to kind of look back. Like my, my biggest thing is like, does it really matter? You know, like I know I've said this in another podcast, but like, does it really affect me in the long run? And I, I don't know why I feel like I need to keep coming back to that, but it seems like people need to kind of grasp the concept of letting things go. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the end of the day, does it change who I am? Does it change how my life works? And if the answer is yes, okay, then, then you got something going on. But if the answer really is like, no, I guess at the end of the day, it really don't affect me at all. Right. Somebody's real mean and says some rude comments to you. You know, are you a victim? And like, oh, everybody hates me and all this stuff. You know, pity party. Mm. Or is it, they're in a bad mood today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, brush it off. Move on. Yeah. And that takes practice. It does. Absolutely takes it takes practice. a lot of practice. I can, I can say from personal experience, I used to. I used to take a lot of shit personal because, you know, I was a little more, a lot more, well, I shouldn't say a little more, a lot more hotheaded <laughs> than I am nowadays. Yeah. And yeah, it was one of them things you, you do have to practice on it. And, um, you know, so the best thing I can say is just, you got to learn how to realize, like, like I said, does it, that's how I got over is like, does it really matter what they say? And I think that's 
the biggest thing for me when it comes to the victim mentality is not so much whether you are actually a victim or not, which part one, you could debate. Well, you don't have to perceive it that way. You don't have to take it that way. Okay. There's mm -hmm. that part. And then were you a victim or not? Okay. Yeah. Maybe you were with that. You didn't deserve that for sure. Absolutely. You did nothing to deserve that. Mm -hmm. But are you going to use that as an excuse or are you going to say, I'm going to work on that? And you know, like I, I'm going to work to overcome the side effects. I think that's the biggest thing is even if you were actually a victim, mm -hmm. um, is it an excuse or like an excuse to not work on the side effects that it caused for you? Or are you going to own it and take the hard route and actually work, work yourself through it and be better off because of it? You know, if you work through that, well, then the next time something like that happens, it's not going to affect you that much because like you're, you're stronger because of it. Yeah. It's, it's like it, lifting weights. Yeah. It's like lifting weights except for your brain. Right. You're, you're men mentally, you are tougher than you were the first time you went through it. It's like your body builds resilience to anything. You know, if you're, if you work, <clears throat> say you work around a lot of different, I don't know, just for example, pesticides. At first, it might be irritating to you. You might get, you know, some some sort of, you know, breathing troubles or whatever. But eventually, it's not going to be as bad as your first day. Right. And you're going to build up to it. Like being around poison ivy. Yeah, being around, working outside. like being you're building an immunity to yeah. negativity and all that. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yes. You're, you're building a, a kind of a cushion or a barrier or whatever to the rest to, you know, things that would be harmful to you mentally, I guess would be and, the, and this makes me think of, uh, the whole safe place where they create not honest. I'm, I'm going to admit up front. I don't 100% know exactly what those are, but it's supposedly this place, you know, where you can get away from anything that might offend you or hurt you or harm you. Mm. And that's it. And, I could see, okay, somebody in certain situations might need that temporarily to recoup. But from what I understand, it's not just recoup. Like, it's just, hey, I'm going to stay here in this safe place and anything that offends me, shame on you. And like you talk about in the real world, like you are never going to get away from negativity and from people trying to offend you, people that mm -hmm. disagree with you. You're never going to get away from it. And so if you're constantly just going to be pointing fingers like, hey, that hurt my feelings, as opposed to building the strength of brushing it off and moving along. Hmm. I mean, what kind of person do you want to be? You know, if you're always pointing fingers that hurt my feelings, this offended me, you disagree with me. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. And you freak out. You're a weak person. But a stronger person builds that strength of, yeah, you know, like Marcus Aurelius says, wrote in his journal, today you're going to wake up and people are going to be hateful. They're going to say mean things to you. They're going to be rude. They're going to disagree with you. But listen, treat them with love and respect mm -hmm. and going on. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's, that's called maturity. It's called growing up. Yeah. Or like <laughs> Jesus said, turn the other cheek. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. It, it just seems like, you know, talking to my parents and my grandparents, it used to be a whole lot different back in the day. And me and you kind of follow that aspect. Like me and you can get in a disagreement mm-hmm. and we can just, we'll talk about it for, <laughs> it could be 10 minutes, could be an hour and a half. It could be the whole 10 hours at work. <laughs> but we get there and we talk and talk and talk and realize like, hey, we're not getting anywhere with each other. Like, let's just agree to disagree. Yeah. Like, and just shake our heads, like, whatever. And we've, and we've told each other that before, you know, it's been the aspect of, I kind of see where you're coming from, but you're not going to change my mind. This is how I see it. And that's how I'm going to go with it. And that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. Because there's people I know that I don't agree with on a lot of shit, but well, as long as we don't talk about certain subjects, we get along just fine. And I can't say nothing bad about these people at all. Right. Because they're, a- you know, they're genuinely good people. They just view different things a little bit different than I do. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to hold that against somebody because that ain't, that ain't your character on certain things. Right. I mean, it's like you get some people, you know, you can look at as Republican and Democrats or even somebody likes a different football team than you. And that's all somebody focuses on. Like, oh, you're a different political party. Or, oh, you like a different football team? Well, yeah. we're enemies. Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> what yeah, it's like co- like college football. One of the biggest ones that's going to relate close to us is going to be uh, fucking Michigan University and fucking Ohio State. Yeah. Fucking hate each other uh, with a fucking passion. I've watched, I always watch some football games because it's fucking some of the rowdiest shit you ever seen in your life. And and there's no reason. I mean, it's just, but anyway, <laughs> try to get back to the victim mentality side of things. Right. Well, I got, um, move it on to another viewpoint. There's one other, well, I got in mind two other aspects of how we can view this victim and non-victim sort of discussion. And both of these claim, actually, there are never any victims, period. Hmm. They take it from two drastically different angles. So the first one is this kind of philosophy, spirituality. And... I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the book or the documentary called The Secret. And it was first really blown up from Oprah. Oprah's a big supporter. For it being Oprah in The Secret, is it about her school over there in Africa? (laughs) No. (laughs) That's slowly becoming not a secret. Okay. (laughs) But neither is this book, since apparently the secret is in the book. The secret's everywhere, guys. But, um, so Oprah's a big advocate for it. So is uh, Steve Harvey. Mm. Um, He puts it right up there with the Bible. (laughs) Strange. That's wild. Um, But uh, the gist of it is... Every single thing that's ever happened to you in your life has been your own doing because your thoughts have effects and powers and you create 
the events in your life via your thoughts and feelings. So if you're having positive thoughts and you're feeling positive emotions, you're going to bring positive, feel good things into your life. I I have some arguments to that. Well, that I can think of right off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. So like you're telling me, you know, as we were talking earlier about abs instances where you're absolutely the victim, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like rape, molestation, right. you know, all this and other stuff like that. Right. They would say all your undoing. Yeah. Which makes even zero. If it was subconscious. Yeah. Which makes zero sense. Right. Because the aspect, like even, even this instance, okay. You're driving down the highway. Say you're going from I don't know, Indiana to Florida. You stop at some random gas station in Tennessee because you're out of gas. You know, you're running out of gas. You pull off 75, go to the nearest gas station, and you somebody just pulls up and shoots you right in the back of the head. Yep. That was your fault. Yep. Yeah, that makes no sense. I mean, I agree. It makes no sense, but you can. That, that's the trick with the mind is you can logically argue anything you want. Yeah, like, oh, you shouldn't have stopped at that gas station. Well, no. Um, just, just like this whole theory, your thoughts and your feelings create your reality. And the whole thing is it's twofold. It's a trap, right? So people are trying to change their thoughts and their feelings. And they can say, well, it's not working Uh bad things are still happening. They'll say, well, you're not doing it right. Or you're not trying hard enough. Or it's your subconscious mind. You have to get into your subconscious mind. So it's never them that are wrong. There's also always you. There's also, what's that the new thing they do? Manifesting? Well, that's what it is. Yeah, That's pretty much what it is. And it's interesting because they'll say, if you have a victim mentality, if you believe or act like you're always the victim, you're going to keep always being the victim and yet okay and yet they say like they're they're never the victim or they're never wrong so if you're doing it wrong and it ain't working for you well you're a victim of your own self you're doing it to yourself so it's like you're a victim to yourself at the same time you're not a victim because you did this to yourself it's really weird and confusing Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. I ain't gonna lie. But and and I will say you can make sense of it. You can logically come up with these theories and these beliefs of how the world works and why, and you can convince yourself of it logically. Yeah, Absolutely. but at one point you could also convince people that the Earth was flat. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can convince so. yourself of anything, and like. You can, you can take it in, in the practical measures, which they say is proof, which doesn't prove it. Um, if you're having a good day at work and you're all smiles and that, more than likely, people around you are going to be in a good mood, smiles, because you're lightening the mood. Yeah, That's I just natural. That. And they'll say, well, no, that's it's this that is doing it, right? Mm-hmm. You're manifesting this into your life. But in the same token, you could be on a really good streak, be having a great time, great everything not even thinking about it and then the worst things happen oh you manifested that you did that it's in your subconscious mind but that's one way that because and i bring it up because it's huge like millions of people believe this yeah well and it's dangerous 
because you take, say, a 14-year-old a that believes this because her parents believe it and they're teaching her this, and then all of a sudden something absolutely terrible happens to her, whether it's like sexually assaulted or something terrible, you're going to tell her that that was her fault? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to sit there and even if, you know, and you can make the argument of like all the way they dressed or the way of this or it shouldn't have been in that neighborhood, whatever. But like, it doesn't always happen like that. Like here a couple years ago in my hometown, some girl got kidnapped just out of the fucking blue. And that was the first time that ever happened. Luckily, they, they found her and she was fine. Nothing happened to her. But it just still, I mean, it can happen anywhere at any time. It just takes somebody passing through. Right. Or like that Amber Alert. Did you get that Amber Alert today? Uh-uh. Uh, I forget how old. It was, a, it was a little kid kidnapping. Yeah. And a 2014 Mustang. And are you really going to say the parents and that kid in their subconscious mind wanted that to happen? Yeah, that, I mean, the, that you to can me convince is... yourself logically, but deep down, you know, you know, there are like there but are victims in he, the world. Here's my thing. There's a there's a there's a point where it comes where if you have to convince yourself that hard, like if you really ha- have to go down some rabbit holes to convince yourself that oh they they wanted that to happen or they manifested that, you need help. Right, and and you you have you have to convince yourself that th- that hard of it because deep down you know it's not true. Yeah, you know it's a fucking crock of shit. And I think a lot of it is. I think what it is is, uh, one, it's hopeful that oh, I can have anything I want in the world, and you get excited about it. I'm going to be rich and go to travel, all this stuff. And the other one I think is escapism. People don't want to look like the world's an amazing place. There's a lot of great, beautiful things in the world. And there's also a lot of dark, evil, terrible things in the world. And people don't want to confront that. People don't want to look and realize all the suffering in the world. And I think, one, because it's either they, they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to make sense of it. And they don't want to feel the responsibility of it. Because, yeah, each one of us could play a part in making the world a better place. But that would include a little bit of self-sacrifice. Yeah. So if you can just deny that you have any part in it, mm-hmm. oh well, you know they did. Yeah. So it's it's an escapism. Well, and and that 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 kind of ties into the uh, the American dream. Yeah. You know, so you think of the American dream as you can be whoever you want to be, and that is a hundred percent fact. You can be whoever you want to be, but it's more along the lines of. You're giving, everybody is given an equal chance at birth to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Which there are certain social and economic factors that do influence it. That is 100% fact. I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, you know, oh, you know, you grew up in, you know, the poorest neighborhood in the country and you're almost guaranteed you can be a doctor. No, but I mean, if you try hard enough. Ben Carson. Ben Carson, absolutely. That's the first one that pops to mind. I mean, you look at look at certain country music singers. Uh, Merle Haggard, he was in prison. At, he was at Folsom Prison. 
and he went from being there to singing at the White House in a few years. So, I mean, you you really can turn your life around and do the and do certain things because that is the aspect of the American dream. But at the same time, you you can't blame your downfalls on anybody other than other than yourself too. And sometimes shit just happens. And sometimes shit just fucking like, happens. Say, <laughs> that's say true. I, I want to be an Olympic sprinter. Yeah. But you have no legs. You're not going to manifest new legs. Yeah, you're born with. <laughs> you're yeah, not you're. Manifest hey, you're born with no legs. You ain't gonna be an Olympic sprinter. Flesh and blood on. But mm. but people that get really into this have that hope that they can. Yeah, and, and that and that to me is kind of a. Oh, I, I I don't want to be so harsh, but it's like borderline lunacy. It's definitely a type of delusion, and some people are further in. I mean, I think we all have our delusions. Oh well, yeah, some yeah. Are more destructive than others. Yeah, and and so I mean, <clears throat> I don't know that that aspect to me is just it's so new to me, and I to me it makes so little sense that I honestly cannot understand how anybody believes it. So that, that book saying that everything that you're a victim of is because of you, because of choices you made. I, I don't believe that. I just, I cannot. It's not even the choices you made. It's your thoughts and feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I, I cannot, I cannot get behind that in any aspect whatsoever. And, and if, if it don't work for you, it's because you're not doing it right. Cause that, that's all, <laughs> that's almost cradling a victim mentality. That's almost like sitting there and being like, Oh, it's okay to have this mentality. Now, I think there is some truth in it. Like if you take your like American dream, you know, if you have the thought and you have the feeling of a really wanting it, that strong desire, mm-hmm. and you put the effort in and you do everything and bam, now, now you are that. Yeah, there, there your is. thoughts had a role because you stayed positive about it and all this. Your thoughts you do feeling. have a thing, but you also got to have just straight up grit and determination and to some aspect. You got to have the natural ability. Exactly. So it, it's it's one it's one piece to a big puzzle. Right. They so, they take that and then say, well, if you're doing that, then life's going to bring you everything, absolutely yeah. everything you need. And if it doesn't go well, um, in a way, it could be your fault, but it's your yeah. fault because they're basically saying, oh. If you think positive all the time, everything in life's going to be hunky-dory. You're going to live in a Hallmark movie, Disney movie, whatever. Right. And then if shit goes south, oh, well, there's a deep subconscious of yours that didn't really want that. Right. So people get into it because it creates a good feeling of hope and encouragement and all that. And it's like, okay, that's understandable. Which there's nothing wrong with hope and encouragement. But No. It's just... Some people will spend years and years and years and years into this and trying and trying and trying and spending all the money to go to retreats and all the books trying to figure figure this out. And then they end up thinking something's wrong with them. And then in a way, you could say to an extent, yeah, they're victims of this pyramid scheme. Yeah. <clears throat> they were deluded and lied to. Mm-hmm. They were taken advantage of, right? You're someone in despair in a horrible life situation, no fault of your own. And somebody took advantage of that and said, hey, if you buy my books or, hey, if you give me 2000 bucks and come to my retreat, I can give you the world. Yeah, it's like <laughs> one I heard on the radio this morning down in uh, Florence, Kentucky. There's going to be somebody down there with hypnosis to be able to get you to the 
uh, lose weight and stop smoking. I will say my grandpa did hypnosis to quit smoking and it just like that, whether it was a hypnosis or just a trick yeah. of the mind placebo. But, but what I'm saying is that that kind of goes along the thing, along the line of things. I, I just seen, you know, heard that this morning on the radio on the way to work actually. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, it was saying that and I'm like, like, I, I get it. I can see where it can kind of work, but at the end of the day too, it's kind of like one of the things like, is it really working or are you just in your own head enough where you like, you just believe it worked. Right. Either way it worked. Yeah. <laughs> either way it worked. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, anyway, I know what you're saying. so I think we'll need to get moving on a little bit. Stop our rambling. Yeah. But, well, uh, uh, we'll go real quick to the second to the, example because we yeah. still got we still got to touch on your quote. Yeah, this is where it go, my my quote comes into. Okay, so I'll I'll just read the quote <clears throat> again real quick, so you can put it into context. Here it is: the price of truth is everything, but no one knows what everything means until they're paying it. Now, when he's talking about truth. He means the absolute fundamental reality of existence. Yeah, like what is real? What is what is not? What is absolutely there and what is absolutely not there? Right, and that, and then you can get into like I mean, even there's a lot of um, uh, physicists and stuff that are jumping on board with the um, uh, can't think of the word holographic universe mm. like there is like no we're in physicality. like we're like we're in a, a simulation a, a, yeah the simulation theory that's what i was thinking of yeah the holographic simulation theory a lot of them are jumping on board that this is a simulation it's not actually physically real a lot of them so it's like okay so you can start getting into that stuff of you know what is reality and go down a freaking rabbit hole but, uh, well, that's because nobody truly knows. Well, he's a great guy to read on that. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what he says. Anybody that says they think they know something, especially if they really think they know something, you know they're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what he means by the the price is everything is your life, your existence. Because there's a group of mystics, which mystics, depending on how you take it, somebody that experienced reality for what it really is. It's not a belief. It's not a perception. It's, I mean, I can't explain it. They, they can't. And there's Christian mystics. There's Buddhists, any religion, any culture, yeah. all throughout history. they like uh, the Catholic monk, um, Meister Eckhart. Or more recently, uh, I think he lived into the 2000s, or he might have died in the late 90s. But uh, Thomas Merton was a Catholic mystic. Mm -hmm. And they all say the same thing. You don't exist. Not the you that you think is you. Like, my name is Gage. I'm a tool maker. I'm six foot six foot one i play guitar i do all this that does not exist that is not you this is some character 
that you developed in your head from a young age of being conditioned, like this whole you that you think you are is a made up fictional character in your head. And when you have this experience, it's not really even an experience. It, it could be like a, all of a sudden the veil was lifted. That's a lot of Christian mystics say that the veil yeah. was lifted using biblical terminology. And all of a sudden you see through the illusion. You see through what's going on and you're like, there is no me in this way. Like there is a you, but it's what you might call your true self or your true eye. Like I think Meister Eckhart said, um, the eye that sees God and, or the eye, something around the, the eye that I see and the eye that God sees is the same eye. So he's pretty much reiterating Jesus saying the father and I are one. Yeah. And along the learn or later on when Jesus says, um, he says his prayer, I pray that they all may be one as you and I are one. Hmm. And he doesn't mean as in, oh, we all come together and we're all part of the same church. According to the mystics, it's more of this. You realize there are no individual people. These are all fictional characters stuff, but there's this higher one. I can't explain it. Never. I haven't seen <laughs> the veil, right? But there's this idea and you can dig into it all you want. But um, that you doesn't exist. And when they, they say, when you see through that veil, that illusion, if you were a victim your whole life, whether it was just perception or you just had that mentality or you were an actual victim, disappears. You no longer experience victimhood because you don't exist. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have compassion and loving and caring and all this. But you see through the illusion that, again, I can't explain it, but there is this other way of which there are no victims because there's nobody to exist to be a victim. And that goes for Christian mystics, whether it's Catholic or Orthodox or some Protestant, Buddhist, uh, Sufi mystics, and Islam, all throughout history have that. And I really wanted to throw that in there because I love reading about that stuff and wrapping my head around it and playing with it. And it goes into the victim thing. Cause if there is no you, then there's no victim. <laughs> yeah, that is if very, you don't exist. How can you be a victim? That's a very weird aspect. Looking at that was not the direction I was expecting that to go with that. <laughs> I'm not, I, gonna... I never gave you a heads up. No, you it. did not. <laughs> I, you did not. And I'm, I was sitting there listening. I'm like, wow, that's kind of a, because I came to that conclusion before you even said anything, as you were saying, oh, you know, there is no you, there is no victim. And then that's a very true statement. If, if that's correct, then yeah, you, you can't be a victim if you're not really there. I mean, and... and but you're still experiencing yeah. you, but it's not you. <laughs> yeah. It's character, and you're just kind of observing it. Yeah, it's, it's you in a... I guess you could say it's like, it's you in a physical state, not in a spiritual or mental state. No, because that would create duality, and that goes down a whole nother thing. Okay, but you're starting, yeah. You're like, yeah, you really think about it. It's fun to think about. Put your mind in. Yeah, because see, I, I'm not the, I'm not the best thinker about the uh, that kind of stuff. But because most stuff I kind of deal, you know, like to learn about and deal with is like absolute. Yeah. You know, like this event did happen, or this is 
you know, what happened in this time period or, you know, and so, and stemming off of from that, like what you're saying about yourself is, you know, these mystics say, well, you don't have to be well-educated. You don't even have to be religious. You don't have to be some smart genius or something. Just happened. Just a little bit of interest and it happened. But somebody was once asked, you know, like, what, what, what's the point of this? Like, what do I gain from this? Right? Like, oh, you're, you realize this or saw through the illusion. What changes? And they say, well, nothing in your life changes. Like, you don't all of a sudden have superpowers and you can manipulate people. Like, nothing changes. So, like, mm. well, what's the point? Like, oh, well, you don't get angry because nothing makes you mad. You're not a victim. Um, there's no stress in your life. I think Alan Watts said, um, what's it like to be enlightened? It's like everyday life except two inches off the ground. Huh. He was just saying you just, all that weight is lifted off. No stress, no worries. Just going with it. Or like William Shakespeare, uh, life is but a stage and we are merely the actors. <laughs> yeah. For all these fictional characters running around. But it's interesting if you want to start looking into Yes, I mean, mystics. that's definitely a... a uh... A very different way of looking at it from the aspect of a victim mentality standpoint, for sure, because it, it makes you feel, it makes you seem like you really have nothing to fucking complain about because you're not really here. Right. You know, it that, that's kind of a, my simplified version of it is. That's exactly right. So. But it's one thing to have that belief and that idea in your head hmm. and then I actually just know it. Yeah, you saw through the illusion, right? Right yeah. now, we just have these ideas and thoughts about it. That's completely different than like, seeing. It's like through. if you've never seen a mountain in, or a hill in your life, you've been in a closet your whole life. Yeah, you grew up in Kansas. And somebody's trying to <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> somebody's trying to explain to you what a mountain is, and you got all these wild images in your head, but you have no idea if it's accurate or not until all of a sudden, bam! Now you see one. Yeah. That's kind of what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no hate to anybody in Kansas, but this is the first one that popped into my head. <laughs> Oklahoma. Oh, fuck. Well, right. well, I guess that'll be it for uh, victim mentality aspect of it. So we'll go ahead and uh, move on to our weird fact. You want me to start? You go ahead if you want to, if you're ready. Um, Mine is the voices of Mickey and Minnie Mouse actually got married in real life. Oh, that's pretty funny. Wayne Alwine and Russie Taylor were married for 18 years until Alwine's death in 09. Oh, Oh, that was kind of random and kind of neat to think about. That is kind of, that is pretty fucking neat. But yeah, mine is, is, uh, a lot of uh, historians and stuff, and uh, I guess what would be like archaeologists and whatever, they believe that Alexander the Great was actually buried alive because of the aspect of uh, I can't remember the name of the disease off the top of my head. I didn't write it down, but he uh, he said he had a disease where it lowered his pulse enough where you couldn't detect it with just your fingers. 
So you just kind of like paralyzed. Yeah, he was like paralyzed and in, in, in like a deep, a deep sleep almost. I guess in a way. Par- hmm. Well, not even sleep. I guess the way they described it was he was he was paralyzed, but he was fully aware of what was going on. Just couldn't do anything about it. That sounds terrible. Yeah. So that means when he was buried, he had every inclination knowing that he was being buried. And he can't scream, can't yell, can't tell anyone. It's like that Metallica song, One. Yeah. Oh, man, that just gives me chills. Essentially, yes. Essentially, it's like One by Metallica. But instead of them knowing that you're alive, they think you're dead. Yeah, you never hear that. I've never heard that before. Well, as they can't, it's because they can't confirm it. They don't know. They they can't. You can you can't confirm. But that. they have some evidence going towards that theory, right? Is well, it plausible. It, yeah, it's more the aspect of the way it happened, because it was Alexander the De- the Great's death was very sudden, and just out of the blue. So when only when it comes to something like that, especially a man that was a very healthy man in his mid thirties, mm-hmm. you know. And was this a semi common thing back then? Like it's been reported before? That I'm not sure. But I do know for a fact that just I, I would say for me, just the aspect of looking at it, you have a man that has fought in wars his whole life, mm-hmm. led numerous cavalry charges, took in over has one of the biggest lamb empires in the world at this point and dies at like 33, 34 years old, whatever he was just like that. And do they know, is there an original theory of how he died or just, he just said, they, died? they said something about poisoning. Okay. So, but they, yeah. but nobody knows for sure. So, but the aspect of it is a lot of people are starting to think that he was just in a paralysis essentially. But his mind was fully aware. What a way to go out. Man, that's when I, if that happened to me, that's when I would start wishing I meditated a lot. Because <laughs> I'd be <laughs> freaking out mentally. <laughs> well, yeah, because you'd essentially starve or suffocate to death whatever happened first. Yeah, at what point do you just accept it? <laughs> Man, that's but, rough. And I guess we'll uh, move on to our song recommendations of the week. Yes, you go first. So... My song recommendation one's actually the one that went viral. And I actually, I'm proud to say this is one of the things I've actually seen before it went viral. And it's uh, Rich Men North of Richmond by Oliver Anthony. He came out on West Virginia Radio here. It was like last week. And he was, he's fucking awesome. This song's about how politicians and everybody are dragging the working man down and they're calling it the, the blue collar anthem of the year and all kinds of stuff. It's a damn good song. I recommend anybody listening, give that, give that song a listen to. Hmm. It was literally on app on uh, iTunes for like a day or two. And it's number one. Say the name again. Rich men North of Richmond. Okay. Rich men North of Richmond. Damn good song. I have it on. Uh, iTunes on my phone. All right, we're almost out of time here. My song recommendation is from the great Leonard Cohen. I'm your man. 
You'll love it. It's groovy, sexy, and seductive. <laughs> God damn. I'm your man, Leonard Cohen. All right, now we're done blowing fucking smoke up everybody's ass. We'll go ahead and uh, get off here. So, y'all take care, and we'll catch you on the next one. Have a good one.